everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. Jeffrey Lunnan. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. All right. There's a lot happening in the world. Literally. <laughs> the <world's laughs> so many happens. things. They yes. have joined together for the Olympics. In Tokyo. It's finally happening. It feels like these Olympic Games would never come. And now they're here. And it's weird to watch. Did you see any yeah. of the opening ceremony stuff? You know, I think I've just seen the post coverage of yep. like the outfits and the hair and the, I did not get to see it, but I usually do. I do too. I'm imagining that by the time that this episode airs, we will have seen some of the actual procession. The p- photos that are coming through are a little bit strange right now. It's like yeah. there are people walking out. There's no one in the crowd. There's interesting outfits as you said uh the telfar for liberia outfit what do you call what do you call the like marching out costume (laughs) (laughs) some of them are really cool some of them all oiled up that one (laughs) (laughs) different different um also interesting uh but like telfar the the sort of cult designer teamed up with team liberia and they designed their there's like a lot of sort of sheath, oh. athletic sheath attire. I wouldn't say dresses necessarily. Anyway, that's one of the ones that stands out in my mind. Uh, so right. you guys should check that one out if you haven't, but I'm sure you guys have seen it. Uh, Kelly, mm-hmm. so now that they're here at these Olympics uh-huh. and they're summer games, summer games are, I think, yeah. far superior. We can all agree to that, no? So the winter games, I mean. For sure, yes. Okay, so. There's for- a lot more variety, I feel oh, like. For- Speaking of that variety, what Uh are your favorite Summer Olympics events? So I have some that are utterly confusing and some that are just watching for pure artistic sports. Yep. Menship. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The first one, artistic swimming. Seriously. How does one get into that? Like you do the water ballet and then you're just hooked. Right. And they spend most of their time with their head underwater. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's fat. I can't hardly hold my breath for a couple minutes. <laughs> Let alone choreograph something with fellow. Yes. That's, that's always the trick, right? It's like, it's not just that you yourself are doing it, but it's an ensemble. Uh-huh. And you're doing that, yeah. hitting that choreo under the you're water. Yeah, that's it's hard. It's like the Rockettes, but like flipped over underwater. Crazy. Yeah, that's 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 tough. That's a but it is beautiful to your point. I mean, that is one to watch. Uh, what okay. are some other events? Have you ever heard of the modern pentathlon? I don't even. How many is penta? It's five. five. What is? Yeah. We got <laughs> no. swimming. We got equestrian things. We've got running. We've got. Right, what is the rifle read stuff shooting? Yes, yeah, yeah, and then we have fencing. I think mm. I would dominate in that. <laughs> Just kidding. how quickly does this succession happen? You like <laughs> dive in and then you like jump out and get on your horse. Like, what is the that's I, I, that's wild? I'm watching it, whatever I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> A modern pentathlon. Again, I always think about it like, well, what, what could my kids be when they grow up? And like, I don't know. They're totally into modern pentathloning, which is a hard sport, it looks like. Lots of uh, variety. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would imagine that I would not be terribly good at that, but I, I do want to see that. I don't think that I've seen yeah. 
a pentathlon, mm-hmm. modern or other. So um, it started, yeah. a little f- fun fact here, 19th century, a young French cavalry officer who was on his horseback, of course, delivering the mail, mm-hmm. a message, to complete his mis- mission to deliver said message. He had to write, fight with a sword, shoot, swim, and run <laughs> in a single wow. day. I mean, I hope the message was worth it. I was going to say, the French have given us so much, guys. I mean, like, come on. This is, wow. Wow, wow, wow. The baguette yeah. to now this. Um, <laughs> incredible. I, I mean, honestly, I'm only really in it for two things. It's swimming, because, my God, is that an exciting sport to watch? Um <laughs> And then gymnastics, right? Like, come on, gymnastics, yeah, it's, it's great time. So, did you see that Simone got her own goat emoji? That's so good. Claps for Simone, claps for Simone Biles. We love to see her thriving. Yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting Ooh. summer games, and we'll probably be able to talk about it a couple of times on the podcast because huh. it's going to drag on forever. We just know it. That's how this Your works. Long duration. And might I just finally wrap up with the thought Please. of I have been to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And the most delightful thing is going and seeing the in-person Harajuku girls. They exist. It is a subculture. It is absolutely wild. It's exactly like the pictures look. It's wow. a must. It's a bucket list thing. And they love taking pictures with, with Americans. Well, I mean, if y'all are in town to see the, the games, maybe mosey on over to the Harajuku district and yes. hop on that bucket list yep. gonna need item to on last week's episode i spoke with brindetta ashley the artistic educator at InStyle salon by jc penny she was absolutely fantastic so if you missed that one you're gonna need to check it out if you like learning more about the industry those who are, are in acting change and creating better work make sure you subscribe rate and review and follow us on instagram facebook twitter youtube and tiktok at read the tease and send in questions to volume up at the tease.com And this week, you spoke with Lauren and Roderick, the hair team behind Hair Lab Detroit. It's an incredible interview, and we're going to get to it in a second. But before we do that, we're going to talk about things that are trending on thetease.com. If you guys are not checking it out, you absolutely should. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week and every week, uncovering industry news, diving into the brands that you don't know but should. And here are our favorite headlines from thetease.com. Kelly, what do you got? I'm kicking it off. All right. So I'm loving the 2021 breakout color trend. It's copper hair. I have a friend who was a beautiful, wonderful blonde color, went copper, dang near didn't recognize her. (laughs) I mean, that's a big transformation, honestly, blonde to red, any red. Oh, beautiful. It was a light sort of dusty peachy. Mm. Um, But our editors talk all about the breakout color trend from red hair to copper tones like she has. Uh, It's never been hotter. Even the stars are getting on board. We got Gigi, we got Ashley Benson, even Lizzo, Sierra. They're recently jumping on it. So check out that article on the tease.com. Love that. All right. The first thing that I'm really into Uh because it's so thorough is the article, the Professional Beauty Federation is helping salon owners to apply for a new tax credit. Maybe not the most exciting thing, but salon owners... This article is a must if you want to understand the Employment Retention Tax Credit, which was established as part of the CARES Act in response to the COVID pandemic. 
So basically, this credit helps employers that have been negatively impacted by COVID-19 to keep employees on their company's payroll, depending on a number of factors, including the use of other federal relief grants and forgiven PPP loans. Employers may qualify for tax credits up to $33,000 per employee by the end of the year. So go to this article in the T's, check out the article for information about how to access the Professional Beauty Federation of California's portal. It makes it incredibly clear as to how you can access this resource. So go and do that. Yeah. And I mean, taxes aren't great. Like nobody loves this, <laughs> right? <laughs> So up to 33,000 per employee, we got to check that out. We cover it all there. Yeah. Next up, we've got some brands making some e-commerce moves. Meet Salonary, Hinkle's new shopping platform for salon professionals. This is where you can go and grab 1,500 products um, from over 10 of the brands within the Hinkle portfolio. Some like Pravana, Sparks, Kenra, Sexy Hair, Joico, you name it. All the good ones are there. Um, and you can also get 15% off your purchase um, with the code NEWMEM15. So we check it out on thetease.com. Head over there and check out Salonary from Hinkle. Amazing. And the last article of these that I'm really into at the moment is called Get Silky Smooth Skin with These Seven Body Exfoliators. The reason that I'm into it is really this. Bodies are disgusting right? Like really gross, filthy, especially in the summer, like whatever. So get rid of skin that is not supposed to be there anymore. Help with ingrown hairs, all of that good stuff with exfoliation. Our editorial team put together the best of the best. These, this is a roundup story uh, with products, including with product offerings from brands, including the way Fenty beauty tons more. Basically I want one of everything you're going to want them to go over to that article, get on that, get on some exfoliation. I mean, July is almost over. We got to exfoliate July away, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. And you know, August and September are really hot here on the West coast. So I'm just saying like, help yourself, help your skin, get on that piece, add to cart. I'm all about it. I love it. Thank you for the editors for mapping that out for you and all of us at thetees.com. Exactly. So much going on on thetees.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. All right. So next up, super excited about this interview. I had the absolute pleasure of spending about an hour with Lauren and Roderick, the team behind Hair Lab Detroit. They have approached diversity and inclusion like no other salon, no other school that I have ever seen. And so mad props to them. Their message needs to be heard across all of our mediums. So it's a great listen. Next up is Lauren and Roderick. So today uh, we have two wonderful guests. Lauren and Roderick are the powerhouse talent behind the Hair Lab Detroit, a master barber school with multiple Naha awards between them, which is awesome. Congrats. Uh, This team is innovating right here in the Midwest, and we could not be more excited to hear their take on the educational challenges in our industry today. So Lauren and Roderick, welcome. 
Thank Hello, you. Thank we're you. glad to be here. What's going on, Tease people? All right. Oh, yeah, Tease people. <laughs> uh, so we are super excited to, to hear about your story. So let's start at the very beginning. And you guys can tag team this or one of you can chat on it and then pass it off. But want to know how you both got into the beauty industry. When I was in high school, you know, my friends were always getting me to do their hair and makeup for dances. And I think from a very young age, I always had my hands in my family's hair, you know, just instinctively. And moving throughout my high school time, I was always, you know, honor roll, National Honor Society. I got straight A's. So, you know, everyone assumed I would just go on to go to college and follow that path. Um, And I just, it didn't speak to me. None of that spoke to me. Um, and so I started to think, well, maybe I could do this as a career, you know, I don't know. And then I got my haircut at a Nevada concept salon one day. And I was just kind of talking to the girl that was doing my hair about, yeah, I kind of, I'm thinking about it, you know, and my parents were, were not so supportive. Obviously they thought, you know, what a waste of good grades and Hmm. all of that. But, you know, the way I thought about it was that the industry has so much to offer. So it's not about only standing behind the chair or only doing one thing. So I felt like I could use my, the things I've learned and that I excelled at in other areas of my life moving forward in the beauty industry. So great. um, Yeah. She was telling me, Oh, we do apprenticeships here. And you know, that's an option. Cause my mom was like, not really going for the whole, like, let's go to cosplay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I interviewed the next day I got the oh. job and I started my apprenticeship that week. Awesome. All I mean, right. It, so it all happened yeah. so fast. I mean, it's kind right. of like everything we've ever done. I feel like happens yeah. that way. Like this is what I want. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And then you just find a way. So yeah. I love it. That was my start. And um, I'm grateful for it. I was in a great shop. I was, uh, it was an Aveda concept salon. So the rules and all of that were very strict and mm-hmm. very, you know, my, my, the owner that I worked for was she played no games. I mean, yeah. it was like, you didn't call off. She'd call you 400 times. Like, what are you doing? What, how are you, you still sick? You know? And you're like, yeah, I'm actually dying. No, but it really taught me uh, a work ethic that I think is so important to succeed in this industry as service providers. We don't have the luxury of saying, I don't feel like it, or yeah. it's kind of hard, or, you know, it's like, take a cough drop and get your butt in the salon and, and do yeah. your clients because they're counting on you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I learned a lot and I'm grateful for my start, but that's how it happened. It was all like on purpose, but accident at the same time. Yeah. I love that. And you're right. Aveda does have such a strong foundation, right? I mean, the brand in itself, the community that Aveda has created and maintained over the years. And, and I think it's a wonderful place to get your roots and your beginning for sure. Let's hear your story. (laughs) So, um, so it's, you'll it's kind of, see why we're, we're yin and yang over here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, our store, our store, our stories are, are, are fairly similar, um, and a little different. Um, of course I was not that type of student in high school. Um, I thought the D's and F's meant doing, doing fine. Um, <laughs> that, that didn't work out and being the son of, of, of an educator, it was really, really difficult, difficult to kind of maintain and have my mom still love me after, you know, completely <laughs> obliterating my, my high school career. Um, okay. so, um, so I did make enough, I, I did do well enough to get into college. Um, and I went to college for uh, probably about two years. And unfortunately, my grades made it home before I did. So when I got home from my summer break, my mom was like, you're not going back. So All right. um, 
And of course, you know, being raised in, uh, in the South, we have certain stipulations. I'm from I'm from South Carolina, okay. and my mom was like, "So you're not going to sit your butt up in my house and just be some lazy, good for nothing person. So you okay. need to figure it out. So either A, you're going to go into the military, or B, you need to find you a job. And um, I've been cutting hair since I've been 13, much like okay. Lauren in high school. You know, I, I played football and and wrestled, so I've cut everybody on the team. Mm-hmm. And shout out to my sister. She was one day she was like, don't you like cutting hair? And I was like, yeah. You know, she was like, did you ever think about doing it as a career? And I'm like, no. So Hmm. luckily the guy who used to cut my hair as a kid did apprenticeships too. Went in, um, went in with my mom, talked to him and I started my apprenticeship with him. Um, Kind of fast track, um, kind of moving forward. um, I didn't realize how much I would love it. And, you know, working with my hands and being around people and um, I'm made a, a, a really good career out of it. So um, I worked behind the chair full-time for about nine years and I had this crazy idea to start a school. And, um, you know, that came with, with you know, bumps and bruises along mm-hmm. the way. But, you know, uh, fortunately um, I was able to sustain, um, you know, to be very honest with you and your audience. Um, my first business venture didn't go well. I lost everything. Um, but through my work ethic being, you know, doing apprenticeships and understanding that you know you gotta you gotta work hard i did it again and the school was was super successful so um so yeah that's kind of how i started out you know being the kitchen titian and the bathroom barber uh for a lot of people (laughs) and messing up my mom's bathroom all the time um but you know we were able to sustain and um it kind of grew into a career where you know um like lauren said the opportunities were endless and you know making the best out of every situation i think that's something that everybody can kind of learn from Awesome. So you mentioned that you now have a successful school called Hair Lab Detroit. Uh, would you like to share a little bit of, more about what was the purpose behind the school? Sort of how did that get started? So this situation is a little different. Yeah. So okay. um, Hair Lab Detroit Barber School is actually owned by Taylor Andrews uh, okay. in Utah. So Larry okay. Curtis is the owner of the school. We did this with him. Um, my company, our company, Hair Lab yeah, Detroit, man owns the clinic floor portion. So okay, got it. it's a little bit of an interesting setup, but the reason it, it happened, there's, there is always a story. It's a good story. It's a good story. So we had a really successful salon downtown Detroit for years. Got it. Um, it was our pride and joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we grew it from nothing to like the it place to be in six years. And cool. we salon today, top um, top mm-hmm. salon in Detroit. Yeah, it was in the. Uh, it was not in salon today. I just don't want it to get out there because that's not accurate. <laughs> we weren't okay. top hundred. I ne- okay. I never applied for that. Okay, but um, so we did that, and we our lease was up, so we had to move. We had to switch buildings, and we were looking and looking and looking and looking, and the real estate market in Detroit in five years went a little nutty. Yeah. Um, okay. the, the what they were charging per square foot compared to the the average household income did not Hmm. match up. Um, So we had to make some really hard decisions. It was, it was like, do we sign on and, you know, have to work three times as hard just to make the same, you know, do the same level of, of income. And, you know, we were talking to Larry, Larry's always been one of our mentors. We've worked with him for years and years. We always were out there training their staff and their students. And we just had a great relationship. So we always looked to him for guidance. So we were chatting with him, you know, we don't know what we're going to do, but by the way, we found this building that's already a school crazy enough and his eyes lit up and he said, well, I could do a third location, but he doesn't have a brand here, you know, and he, he knew that 
with Roderick's background in schools and, you know, my background in, in owning shops and salons and stuff, that this would be a no-brainer for us to help him with okay. moving forward. So it would give us a place to continue our legacy. It would give him an opportunity to have a third location with a brand that was already established sure. in a state where they don't exist. Mm -hmm. So okay. opening a Taylor Andrews in Michigan kind of doesn't make sense, but opening a hair lab in Michigan made a lot of sense. So, Got it. you know, we got to the nitty gritty and, and we felt like it was just a really good opportunity for all of us to grow together mm -hmm. instead of Perfect. trying to scramble and figure out what, what this looks like moving forward. So it's not a partnership in the true sense of the word, but, you know, we used each other's brand and each other's uh, businesses to work together, to grow together. So yeah, we became, we became family <laughs> over the years, um, you know, just kind of going back and forth to Utah and training the staff and stuff like that, but also just may, maybe like on a more personal level where there's, there's certain things that you can speak to other people about that you don't feel comfortable kind of like putting your business out in the street and stuff sure. like that. And he completely understands. He's such a wonderful person. So shout out to Larry Curtis for being, you know, everything to us and, and helping, you know, helping us to grow as artists and as business people, but. Um, and, and, and personally, yeah. I mean, just, he's just such a great guy. And I think it was, it just made sense. It was one of those yeah. things where nothing was making sense until we were like, Oh, this makes sense. But <laughs> it speaks to building relationships in this industry. You know, yeah. we, when he would hire us, you know, we were always there. We always showed up. We always did the work. We were prepared and on time and um, you know, it wasn't anything they had to worry about, but it's those relationships that are going to help the next opportunity come. Um, totally. And so if you focus on what you're doing and do it, you're doing it well to the best of your ability, then you never know what'll happen. So yeah, uh, I want that message to get out there that this industry in general is all about relationships, whether it's your relationships with your clients or relationships with other business professionals or uh, you know, we have great relationships with city officials. So, mm -hmm. you know, that helps us a lot sure. getting things done within our local community. Mm -hmm. So it's also important. And uh, you never know what I never thought that this is what I would be if I thought when we opened our salon, like in six or seven years, this is what you'll be doing. I would be like, hey, right. right. <laughs> but you know, here we are. But yeah, I think you are. there's an, there's another the, another message in that as well is knowing when to pivot. You know, right. sure. um, unfor unfortunately, the way that the city was kind of growing at the time, you know, we got priced out in just a you know a few years. But honestly, had we taken on that that lease that was so we wouldn't have made it with right. the pandemic yeah. and the city's Ugh. all clearing out like mm -hmm. the downtown communities emptying. Out. I mean. Honestly, it's like you never know why things happen, but everything happens for a reason yeah, because right. we would be in a very different situation right now. But you know, you you gotta have trust in your 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 yourself, you gotta have trust in your partner, you gotta have trust in your abilities, and never never be afraid to take those, you know. We were kind of laughing about it the other day, like when we were younger, we were like, Oh yeah, what will we want to do? Let's go do it. And we would just do it. <laughs> but as you get older, you understand how to take more calculated risks, you know, still having that adrenaline flow and and, and that movement and, and feeling excited about doing something different but now you know you have you have to kind of move with a little bit more purpose and a little bit more intention um in, in mistakes mistakes hurt harder at, at 40 something <laughs> than they do 20 yeah. something I hear you. Yeah. I mean, there's more at stake, right? I mean, right. you're yeah. further along in your career and those relationships and financially and securing yourself for the future so they hurt in a lot of different ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> As you progress. Um, so tell me what it's like to work there now at Hair Lab Detroit and some of the things that you're up to. 
So, you know, um, I don't know what happened this week, but I had 5 million great ideas. So we're in the process <laughs> of sort of revamping the way we do things. Um, we have a, a very diverse student body. We have a very okay. diverse um, staff. We're really proud of that. Um, we think it brings so much to our program, just having the, the ability to introduce different people from different backgrounds right. to, totally. to other people. Um, I think it's important in this industry. You're dealing with the general public. So if you're only dealing with like one kind of person, then you're not so well-rounded and it's going right. to make it hard for you to really find true success. So, right. well, we also kind of sense. believe, you know, of course, you know, we're an interracial couple. So diversity and inclusivity, all those things are very important in what we teach our students and, and how we go about our daily lives and, and, and doing business. Um, one of the things that we found is that it helps our students to learn tolerance, right? So you, you don't know what you don't know. So if you've never been around, you know, Arabic people before, if you've never been around mm -hmm. African-American people before, for, you know, especially working in, in, in salons nowadays where everybody's hair is curly and you have yeah. different textures. And, and sure. you know, when you can't provide services for each and every hair type and texture, it kind of puts you in a box where totally. you can only make one type of money. So yep. um, foundationally, one of the things that we preach every day is, you know, learn every type and texture of hair. But because of the diversity, mm -hmm. like Lauren was saying, our students will be, are able to touch every single, single hair texture, That's whether it be men, women, children, white, black, half Spanish, Puerto Rican, platter, Argyle, our students are being trained on how to take care of it, how to recommend great products for it, but also how to make a really good career out of this industry. And that's interesting. I think that personally, we have a lot of room and growth, a lot of, lot of opportunity to grow in the industry and in, in teaching, you know, how to, to work with and excel at multiple different textures of hair. So kudos to you for taking that perspective within the education. I'd love your thoughts on, on, you know, you mentioned why that's so important, but I think that you're really doing the work and you're innovating in that space. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, 100%. we look at hair as hair. It doesn't matter what type of person it comes out of, right? Yeah. So if you're going to call yourself a professional, you kind of need to be, you like, know, a professional. And you sure. can't say like, ooh, I don't take your kind here. You know, that just isn't, doesn't fly in here. Right. right. Um, and we, we have to deal with that a little bit with our clientele too. You mm -hmm. know, we have, we'll have African-American clients coming in demanding an African-American student. We got to sit down mm. and school them a little bit. Right. Um, and it's not something yeah. we take lightly. If you aren't okay with the way we run things, don't be a client here. Right. Not all money is good money. So, you I know, we, yeah. yeah, we do, we do not allow any type of racism in our business no. regardless. So no, no types of discrimination. I mean, just, just an example, we had a client come in earlier this week and asked for, um, asked for an African-American student to do their hair. Well, in our walk-in system, it's based on seniority, right? So the next student that was up happened to be Caucasian and they were like, oh, well, you know, can they do that? Can they do my hair and whatever hmm. the case may be? And, you know, kind of got a little aggravated. And I was like, well, listen, here's what we do. Sure. Well, let me rephrase that. Here's what we're not going to do today, right? Yeah. You're not going to make my students feel bad for getting an education in all textures of hair, but also, you oh, know, yeah. from, 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 from a I mean, just from a, a moral standpoint, how dare you insult my student because of the color of their skin to say what type of technical ability they do, totally. do or don't have, possess. So, well, right. and if it was reversed, there would be a huge problem. Well, they would call racism. Right? Or they would like call if, sexism. Yeah. Or, 
whatever the so, case may be. So we're sensitive yeah. to that and it's our priority. It's awesome. So we, we make it our priority. Oh yeah. And you're sending out students into the world that are educated with the same mindset, right? 100%. Right. So we need thousands of those. We need tens and hundreds of thousands of stylists that have that perspective. So that's right. awesome. I love that. I love but, it. Actually, been advocating for that, you know, over the past, you know, year, you know, with with everything kind of went on with George Floyd and stuff like that, um, because of the fact that that we have to be very, very neutral in our thinking, but also we have to advocate for our students, not just yeah. for our students here, but for our, for students all across the country. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear these rumblings about, oh, you know, all the black students only get black clients, and all the white students only get white clients, and that. It's just not the space that we live in, but also that's not the yeah. space that's going to help to shape and create our industry where it is all inclusive. So, you know, Absolutely. being very, very stern and very direct in our approach and how we educate, that's what's going to take our students from being good to great and then from being great to becoming unstoppable. And yeah. it also it also makes them a little tougher because they are going to mm-hmm. come across this in the real world. So seeing it happen in in the school and seeing how we handle it will give them the tools to be able yeah. to confidently handle it when they're out on the out on the real world you know our salon when we had it was so diverse we had it's like men. a melting pot yeah we had men we had it. women we had people from every country and so for oh. us this is just second nature this is normal but the good thing was is that all of our clients we were in a small we had three chairs and then okay. a color area so it was all in one area. And so our clients would always interact and um, they'd all get to know each other that people would find jobs, getting their hair done because somebody next to them was an executive in a company they wanted to work for. So like, it was truly a community meeting space. And it, I don't believe it would have been as successful had we not had the diversity that we had. So and that was intentional with your salon as well, correct? It like was in our marketing. Yes. Okay. It was, okay. in, you know, we made sure to market to every person, every type of person. And being somebody that specializes in curly hair, I dealt with that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have okay. um, African-American come in, women come in and look at me sideways like, oh, no, you're not touching my hair. You know, and I thought, oh, I mean, you're lost if that's how you feel, because... <laughs> I'm amazing, I'm good. but yeah. <laughs> I can change your life. Talk but if you're baby, not going to let me, I'm not going to, you know, there's nothing I can do, but, but, you know, once the word got out and whatever, you know, it through our marketing and through our word of mouth yeah. and through all of that, I mean, it was just a short matter of time before. Uh, yeah. I, I think you have to take an active role in that, right? Yeah, like what I are agree. You putting out there into the universe that I agree. who are you attracting? And so it can definitely be a game changer. Yeah. Well, I think it was kind of reversed because, you know, 90% of my client were, you know what I mean so very rarely especially you know especially in pockets of of you know Detroit you know you know you you just don't see things like that so I think from a business standpoint it was kind of amazing to a lot of people that you have a Caucasian woman who specializes in curls but then an American man they could fade shade you know straight hair so we were kind of like a a, 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 just a, a Oh, like a circus sideshow. Yeah. yeah thanks. <laughs> thanks, babe. People just came to see it in real life. Like, they were like, what? I what is happening? Be- <laughs> like a bearded lady. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, wait a minute. Let me go check this out for myself. But here's the deal, right? They came in and the vibe was so very attractive to people. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody ever felt uncomfortable. Nobody mm-hmm. ever felt like they were being judged, you know, based on what they did or what they didn't do or cool. their, their ethnic background. So um, unfortunately, you know, that that's a business model that's very, very hard to number one put together, but also to 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 maintain because a lot of stylists and barbers that are coming into the industry because of their schooling 
only mm. being able to do one texture yeah. of hair, only being able to do one type of haircut, it kind of shortens their their lifespan in, in our industry, in, in my eyes, you know, sure. so. I think it's awesome how you created this and then you almost took a, an approach inside out and said, let's, let's now educate and train others to successfully advocate and, and have this type of experience so they can go and do the same thing that you did from an inclusion perspective. That's right. I mean, we we wanted to be able to add back and change the industry. We saw the type of, you know, graduates that we had available to us to hire. Sure. Um, And, and we saw where we could make a difference. And so it's great to have the opportunity to do that um, in in this way. No doubt. Okay. So you mentioned yin and yang. I can definitely see that you have a connection. We know that you are married and also work together. Tell me what that's like, because I feel like that's difficult in itself. (laughs) So we always, we always laugh. We spend every second together Um, in the, in the workday. We don't always get to interact as much. You know, I'm in my office. He's in his office for now. I have a feeling we're going to end up sharing an office at some point. We're running out of room, but um, but we work really well together. Our strengths are very different, and our weaknesses are very different. So it's a a lot of times for us when we're without the other one, it sort of feels like I'm slipping somewhere. Like I'm. Oh my gosh, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So and we always joke, you know, that like, are we teaching our kids like really unhealthy relationship goals because like no normal normally this wouldn't be a thing and you know our kids are my my son's our son's 17 and our daughter is 15 so they're like starting to date and my uh my son had um a a long-term girlfriend or no this was he had a girl a couple girlfriends ago right she broke up with him because he was clingy and I'm like I don't think it's his fault like I think he (laughs) made him think that that's what like a relationship is is that you're like on top of the person all the time so we always joke about that but genuinely we just really get along. We're best friends. We, we never fight. We, you know, we dated long distance for two years. And in that time, because we weren't together all the time, we really had to build our lines of communication. So good point. We, you know, we had to discuss everything before it became an argument because when you're 900 miles apart, there's no, there's no making up. Right. Right. So it would be like, I'll see you in three weeks. Hopefully we can work through this, but yeah. Um, it really made, it strengthened our communication, which I think is the, should be the foundation of every relationship. Um, but we've learned to become very vulnerable with each other and very honest. And, and, you know, I think in a relationship, I know as women, sometimes we internalize things and we start to assume things. And then we start to resent the other person because like in our mind, you're doing this, but men aren't that complicated. You know, normally it's like us overthinking things and then them going, well, I didn't even notice that. So, you know, I, there, I, there's been so many times where I'm like, can we talk? Because this is going to sound crazy, but like, you didn't smile all the way at me. So like, I thought you were mad at me, but yeah, right? I don't think I don't, I've never been in a relationship where I felt comfortable doing that. So right. okay. I think the fact that I'm able to do those things and he's able to do, you know, you did this earlier and it made me feel insecure for absolutely no reason, but I'm going to need you to reassure me now. So yeah, those things have made our relationship so easy. I mean, okay. easy, easy. Yeah. So I think that it is a weird situation. I think 
people are always like, I'd kill my husband. And I'm like, I don't know what to do when mine leaves the room. So yeah. I, you know, oh my God. And I, yeah. we were, I was asking our, ther- my therapist, I was like, is that, un- is that unhealthy? And she's like, not if you really like each other. I'm like, oh, right. okay. Yeah. Right. You know, it just seems like, is this codependent? I'm like, but no, he's my business partner. He's my best friend. He's right. my husband. He's my partner in parenting, he, you know? So right. at that point, you know what it is, what it is. Well, I think that also helps with a lot of issues in trust, you know, not only do we, we share a life, you know, as husband and wife, but also in business. So there's certain conversations and there's certain things that we have to do, number one, to make sure that we can support and take care of our family. Sure. But also from, from the flip side of that, we also have to make sure that we have to, we have to take care of our business too. So sure. we're not the, we're not the kind of couple that run around their business. We actually run our business and that comes with effective communication that comes with having hard conversations sometimes like, you you know, she can, she can, you know, we're very competitive, you know what I mean? And sometimes she can, she can get at me and I got to be like, pump your brakes, boo, what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I'm grown, you know what I mean? But, um, but you know, but at the, but at the end of the day, I can actually say it say this, Kelly, at the end of the day, um, I personally wouldn't have it any other way. And we both, you know, have had relationships and, and things before. And because, of the, because, because most people don't understand what it truly takes to be successful in, the, in this industry, like the way that you, you know, if I don't work, I don't eat. So right. I have, right. have to sometimes go in early and I have to stay late and, you know, things like that. But because of the fact that we do the same thing, and we work within the same business, you know, it's Lionel Richie, Sunday morning, easy. Yeah. Well, there, and there's a different understanding. Like, it's like I, I, tonight I'm working, today I'm working from 830 in the morning till 10 at night. So it was Ooh. a conversation. Like, I know, I don't want to talk about that. That's a different thing. <laughs> right. But it was a conversation like, okay, can you go home with the kids and do dinner right. and all of that? And I'll be home later. And yeah. There isn't like any resentment because there's an understanding that we are both workaholics, but yeah. we understand that when you have a family involved, that you have to find that balance of right. like working as much as you want. But also like I was, it was last year. I was like, Oh my God, we have teenagers. Like we need Ugh. to be home more now than when they were like uh-huh. two and four, right. yeah. but we were like, Oh, they're teenagers. <laughs> Let's work. You know? Right. And I was like, oh, everything's falling apart. Yeah. So, you know, it was a, it was a talk, you know, like I'm working late, you go home, you know? Yeah. So it, it kind of makes it easier because we're in the same business. It's not sure. like, you know, one or the other has to totally. talk to their boss. So, yeah. well, I think the, 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 the strong point in that is that you know, we talked about the yin and the yang, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not one of those men who feel emasculated by the fact that I got to go to CVS and, and pick up, you know, Tylenol or, or yeah. you know, you, you know what I'm saying? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. for my daughter, you know what I'm saying? I got to make sure that <laughs> right. she's together. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah. But I can also cook and I and, and clean and, and all those other things. So when she's not available and, and she's not that kind of wife, she's a boss. We have very weird gender roles in our house. He, <laughs> I always say that I have the best wife ever. He does like most of the parenting and cleaning and yeah. like all of that. Yeah. And I do the like construction, put things together. All right. Caulk, caulk the tubs, paint the walls. So we have, yeah. we just... It's a balance. I love it. I come, I come yeah. home to Bob Vila. Yeah. You know I mean? like, <laughs> the paint project going on up in listen, here. What's going listen, on? listen, listen to you people. I was a single mom for years. We, yeah. we learned to do magic when you have two little yeah. kids on your own for a while. Yeah, I thought you were a sorcerer for a long yeah. time. I was like, you make it the poof, be gone, you know? So, uh, but no, but you know what, honestly, um, it's, it's, it's been amazing. And um, not to get all soft and stuff like that, but she, I mean, you know, she knows the way I feel about her, but I could never imagine reaching certain levels of success just by myself. And I think a lot of people, they like to talk, oh, self-made, self-made. Right, right. I give all mm-hmm. credit because teamwork makes our dream work, you know, so. 
Um, but I'm okay with that. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not good with money, Kelly. I just, you know, but I, but I, but I can, you just gonna make your eyes like that. <laughs> the audience can't see us, but, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not. That'll good. be the TikTok they release. With yeah. <laughs> no numbers no or money. money. No, no numbers money. or money. No <laughs> money. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, but, but, but I'm, but I'm strong in other areas. I, you know, I, I, I make an effort to kind of coach our kids through things. Um, I, I make sure they get to, to events back and forth. But then when I have to work late, guess who's, guess who's doing the same thing. So, right. you know, finding that balance, but, but also appreciating what the other one brings to the table. Yep. You know, I think yep. that's what makes our relationship super, super strong and being cool. able to depend on that other person, you know? I love it. And you have a unique marriage story, right? <laughs> we have a unique everything story. Yeah. Um, I think you yeah, both we... are very unique and special. No doubt about that. Yeah, but tell we... us about your Naha uh, wedding. It's, okay. it's funny how that came about. We um, got engaged and every time we started talking about planning the wedding and guest list and whatever, I was like, Ugh. like we'd start talking about it. I'm like, you know what? I can't do this right well, now. I like I can't think about it right now. Well, I think it's kind of weird. So we got engaged at a hair show. All so- right. <laughs> we did. Cause we, awesome. we only travel for work. Cause we were on the yeah. road, like mm-hmm. half the year, you yeah. know, when we were doing all the shows and all that. And it just was like a constant. So of course we did. Cause we're never home. Um, we did get engaged in London at a hair show. So fun. We kept trying to plan the wedding and it just became right. such a source of stress that. Well, I, we, we both have very large families. And when we started right. to think about the, the financial undertaking. Uh, right. I mean, we were in our third. Well, we were in our thirties and we were, you know, new entrepreneurs and we were doing yep. all this stuff and it just didn't make sense to drop $50,000 yeah. to feed people so they could watch us get married. Like, I just was like, I can't do this. So. We were going to be on the West Coast for about a month. We were, um, we had IBS, Vegas, then we were doing Taylor Andrews, then we were doing Naha again. So we just started talking about it. I'm like, why don't we just get married while we're out there? Like it wasn't even necessarily like a Naha thing. It was just while we're there because our kids were coming and all we cared about was that the kids were there. So one of our friends, um, Stephen Gomez Mm -hmm. is was at the IBS show. And I was like, wait a second, he's ordained. So I said, (laughs) we're going to be back in Vegas in two weeks for Naha. Would you marry us? Like maybe come to our room. Like I was so like, maybe by the pool or at the food court. We wanted wanted to be kind of low key. You know what I'm saying? Again, we had had already disappointed our parents at this point. Right. Everyone was mad at us. That ship sailed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, Everyone was mad. It was like, whatever. So, and he's like, I am not marrying you in your hotel room. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, as long as we get married, that's the important part. Like right. the location means not a lot. Yeah, we were concerned about the union. Right. You know? We were okay. like, we're focusing on this marriage and not the wedding itself. So like, we yeah. just need you to like, make it happen. So he's like, of course I'll do it, but I'm going to plan all this. I'll tell you what day I'll tell oh. you what time I I'm taking over. And we were like, all right. Oh. Cause I don't like to make decisions that aren't like work related. So I'm like, well, yeah, whatever you figure it <laughs> yeah. out. Let me know. So we were in Salt Lake and I started to think about it and I'm like, well, wait a second. Like when people get married in Vegas, it's a place that does it. So mm-hmm. they buy all the paperwork and whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to figure out what paperwork we need. And like, I don't want Steven to have to do all this. Like, let me do my legwork. So I look it up and if you're not ordained, in Vegas or in Nevada, oh. you cannot marry people in Nevada. 
Mm, okay. So I call him and I say, well, let's, let's, let's prep it, preface this with, there's never a problem without a solution. Correct. Okay. So yes. I yes. call Steven and in between Salt Lake and Vegas, we were going to LA for a few days just to show our son the walk of fame or whatever we were doing. Mm. So I called Stephen from Salt Lake and I said, you know, I just found this out. Are you by chance ordained in Nevada? Of course the answer is no. Cause it was like an online, whatever. Sure. So he goes, well, I have an idea. I live in LA. So let's meet at the County building. We'll get the paperwork. We'll just file it in LA and then we'll right. do the ceremony in Vegas. So we we go to the county building. I'm mm-hmm. in like a jean jacket and a dress and a sundress. Like t-shirt and, and, and some jeans. <laughs> so we go in and we get the marriage license and we go out to the parking lot and we fill it out and we fist bump like, yes, we're done. So we run it back in and the guy goes, weren't you just here? <laughs> and I was like, 10 minutes ago, it was a quickie out in the parking lot. And he was yeah, like, yeah. oh, in whatever. And like In and out, like burgers. We so officially on paper, but we didn't have a ceremony. My daughter wasn't there. Like I didn't right. want to do the whole thing. This was just the like legal end of it to yep. just get it off, off our plates. So we show, so Vegas. So we go to Vegas. He's like, we're, this is what we're going to do. We're going to use the Naha stage right before Naha. I've got it all worked out. PBA knows what's going on. Aww. This is what we're doing. And I, I'm like, okay. So he has a presentation earlier that day with the Beacon students. Yep. I was going to write my vows while he's working. And like in, she like she does classes sometimes. Yeah, as I, well, I do by the pool. Um, so I'm watching his presentation, and all of a sudden, I become violently ill. I had gotten food poisoning. Oh, so come on! I yep. run to the bathroom four times. Like I was violently ill. So we weren't even staying at that hotel. So I called somebody I knew that was staying in that hotel, and I said, "I need to come to your room." <laughs> Went up to their room, blew up their bathroom all day. I mean, I was it was like. <laughs> But bad on every end it was everywhere so he gets done and he finds my son and he goes where's your mom and there he, he goes oh he's up at so and so she's up in so and so he did it very nonchalantly he's like oh yeah mom mom's at so and so's room i'm like oh okay cool you know what i'm saying she's getting ready <laughs> okay mom. for the wedding right i had my hair and makeup already done that morning like everything was oh, done right my so he comes in their room i'm in bed with our friend's wife as she's like rubbing my head he goes what is going on and they're like, she's been so sick all day. He stands over me. He goes, we're getting married in 20 minutes. I need you to get out of this bed and get your <laughs> not, not now. Right, right now. now. Yeah. So I'm like sweating. I'm like dying. Can't, I can't see. Dry that up. Dry it up. We got to go. <laughs> so luckily I had been trained by the boss that I had been trained by. And I was like, oh yeah, you can't call off. I can't let me get up. So I start taking my clothes off in this room full of people. Cause at that point they had seen me at my worst all day at what's a bra and underwear at that point. I have no idea any of this is going right. on. Right. He had no idea how violently sick just, I had I'm been. I'm just teaching. I'm doing my thing. Oh. I'm like, man, I'm like, hey, y'all, I'm about to get married tonight. Everybody's like, ah, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> And then I get to the room. I should back up to when I was getting sick in the bathroom. I knew it was bad and I knew it was time to go because my daughter follows me in the bathroom. I'm in the bathroom stall. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm like, I have to throw up. I turn around, throw up all over the wall. So I take this paper or toilet paper and I'm like rubbing the sweat off my face, right? (laughs) People know who we are, right? I can't go very far in a hair show without somebody Mm -hmm. knowing who I am. So I come out of the bathroom, 
one of the Beacon students, oh my God, it's you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like gray, covered in sweat, just, you know, <laughs> was sick. So she, I'm like, yeah, hi, whatever. Like what my, my daughter, goes, she, goes, she goes, my mom can't talk to you right now. She has to go. And I was like, okay. So she drags me out of the bathroom. She goes, mom, you have toilet paper all over your face. I had bits of toilet paper all over my face. Like it was just one of those days that I was like, this can't get worse. Oh, that's so that's amazing. why I knew I had to go to somebody's room. Cause I'm like, people are going to see me and know me. And Mm-hmm. What I didn't want is for all these mm-hmm. young hairdressers to yeah. think I was um, hungover mm-hmm. or true. that, you true, know what true, I mean? Because true. Yeah, that's 100%, not, yeah. that's not who I am. Like you I am, hair shows yeah, <laughs> but what's funny is I don't even drink. So that was like yeah. even worse. Cause I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm just saying, like, I, but, but that was my fear. So I'm like, let me get out of here. So I put my dress on and you know, in Vegas, even within the same hotel, it's a good three miles to get to the oh, yeah, convention right. center, right? <laughs> so I'm like hobbling, like getting there. He had to do, or we we went up and got married and Steven's reading, you know, his thing and he does his vows. <laughs> I had none because I was sick. So I'm like, you're like good and amazing. And I love you. I love you too, dog. <laughs> it was, so, it was like, so bad. I was like, you're so great and amazing. And this. So and what I, kind of rap freestyle is going on with our house? I looked at Steven and I was like, can we just be done now? Can we just, yeah, can like, we just call it? It's over. So I didn't, because of the professional that I am, mm-hmm. I told no one that I was sick. Steven knew, but no one at PBA knew. No one there knew. So they brought out champagne and strawberries. I'm like faking it. Cause I'm like, I'm going to throw up. Like, I can't do this. Oh so, my gosh. So then we had to go yeah. straight from that. He had red carpet interviews. Cause he was nominated that year. We get out to do one interview and they asked me something. I just stared at them and I was like, I don't care. And he looked at me, he goes, go sit down. I'm like, please, please go sit down. <laughs> so I it. I it was it. just, okay. I ended up emailing <laughs> everyone at PBA the week week after and I was like you guys are oh when we walked out on the stage they had taken pulled all these selfies off our social media our mm-hmm. backdrop Aww, was like how cool is that so, no I mean, gorgeous and here I am can't even enjoy all of it oh I'm sorry so I emailed oh. them all to thank them and I said I didn't tell anyone but I was so sick and they were like oh thank god we didn't know we thought maybe you guys were fighting or like you didn't want to get married I'm like nope we don't do that I was literally just sick sick Aww. sick so that's our wedding story yeah. and uh, oh. I really, really think we may need a do-over um, you may. Day, but we're a little busy now so it's yeah. a pretty dang good story though I mean it didn't come I mean, without a little drama well I don't know, know the way I look at it is that you know you can't have everything so <laughs> we've got this so I you've you got know, a great relationship can't, <laughs> yeah. right, you can't also have like the most amazing wedding story ever. <laughs> So that's, that's the way it's we amazing at. in its own right. And it's true. And you braved no, it out. And I mean, it really, you know, speaks to my work ethic. I think I it really does. think it, it, it shows everyone like my inner strength is there. I can, I can do anything. You got it. Boy. Yeah. I mean, just I being even... that sick in front of that many people and walking out and just like finding your center is pretty darn hard. I mean, it was better than walking out with toilet paper all over my face. That's my true. daughter was Facts. so great too. Like my mom's got to go, go away. She's like, mom, it's all over your face. <laughs> mom doesn't feel good. No. Right. 
Oh, well, this has been quite, quite the chat. You both are incredible and amazing. And kudos to you for being very, very far ahead of the curve as far as your perspective and your action on inclusion and diversity. Uh, so it's, it's really, really quite refreshing to hear from both of you. Thank you. So now some quick take fun questions that really don't have much to do with the industry. Um, and we just need your one-liner response. (laughs) No pressure. Okay. First up bar soap or body wash? Bar soap. 100% bar soap. Whoop! You, whoa! Both on the bar. Okay, all right, yeah. all right. I don't. I, some, it's something about the liquid. I don't feel clean. Right. You We're know? not. You gotta, you I'm like the water is supposed to do something. Like, but you know when it comes, <laughs> it's it's hair, right? I understand that the detergent picks up all the dirt and the oil, but yeah, I just hold and, some water on top of water. All right. Gross. Wow. All right. You're on the same page. Okay. What are? I don't know if you have any time to stream or Netflix or podcast. But if you do by chance, what are you streaming right now? Um, I'm not currently streaming anything right now. Okay. I think the last thing we streamed was Dodging Energy Vampires mm. on um, Audible. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we, we, t- we took a road trip to visit my parents a few weeks ago, and we listened to that. Um, Just for- to recenter ourselves, protect yeah. our energy. You Sit know, down, I love please, it. You know. Yeah. All right, good. Okay. What is one product that you cannot live without? And this does not have to be a hair product. It can be kitchen, food, at home, clothing, coffee. coffee. <laughs> All right. This, what's I your, told you what's about your, my day today, right? I need a vat. Yeah. I need this, a vat. This is yeah, going to be weird. Too. All right. It's going to be weird for your Where's audience, good? but I cannot <laughs> live without chapstick. He's right. Okay. You know what? I had this conversation because someone has also said that before, but what is your chapstick of choice? Ready? Oh. Nivea cocoa butter. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I, sometimes I get, sometimes I mix my flavors up just a little tad, but <laughs> my, 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 my solid foundation. And, and I get yelled at by the way, you spending $7 on some chapstick. Cause my like, girl, that's okay. He got me one too. This is Nivea, but it's tinted. See? Yeah. Oh, and it's wonderful. Are you yeah. going to be hooked too now? I don't really get hooked on things like that. I'll just borrow his when I need to. He did have to borrow this one. Luckily, his lips are dark enough. It That's amazing. Really show up quite the same. So. Well, well, then I kissed a piece of paper just to make sure that there wasn't anything on it. And I, and I had like, all I had to do was write, write my number on it and leave mm-hmm. that next yeah. to the nightstand. Yep. So it didn't work out all as right. planned, but my lips were not chapped. And, it, no. and, and when I smile, I didn't bleed all over the place. So that was good. <laughs> All right. Nivea, cocoa butter. Got it. Okay. And the last question is advice for those who want to make it to the top of our industry. Honestly, the the key to remember is that you're entering in the service industry. Um, You know, clients expecting certain things from you aren't abusive. They're just expecting you to deliver on what you said. Um, Show up every day. Obviously call off if it's an extreme emergency, but I think my idea of extreme emergency and other people's are very different, clearly based on my story. Seems like it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the problem is that clients are counting on you. So show up every day on time. Mm -hmm. And if you're 10 minutes before your client, you're not on time Um, so that you can get set up, prepared for the day. These people are paying you. So uh, when you enter into the service industry, you lose the right to put yourself first. You lose the right to call off when you feel like it. There are plenty of jobs in this world that will cater to that. This isn't one of them. Um, I think the most important part 
that most people miss is building those personal relationships with your clients. Um, what I've noticed in myself and other stylists that we've hired over the years is that if you're building that personal connection with them, it really doesn't matter if you're good. Um, I've watched stylists that aren't so great, but have great personalities and they're, they're yeah. building those personal connections. And what happens is the clients are then willing to work with you until you get it right instead of going on social media and blasting you. But yeah. if you aren't accommodating and willing to work, you know, to get these clients what they need and listen, listen to them when they mm -hmm. talk to you and tell you what they want, they mean it. So, I mean, I think those are my, my biggest things that I see lately are, are slipping in not okay. so, such a great way. I feel like a lot of people are on the sweet kick keep all your money, do all that. But then they turn around and they're really mad that they're having clients text them all day for appointments. And, uh, you know, yeah, sure. the clients are getting upset because they're not answering them for two days. And then they're like, I was with clients all day for 12 hours. And I'm like, well, then you need to hire someone. So great it's great to keep all your money. But if, it, if your business is suffering, you may need to right. hire someone to take over your booking, which is money that you have to pay. So I think it's Good important point. to realize salon owners aren't getting rich on you. There's maybe a 10% profit margin for the salon owners to carry all the risk. But when you're going into a salon suite to keep all your money, typically they aren't investing it back into their business in ways to help it grow right. and run smoothly. Yeah. So that's something to remember because clients don't know this. They don't know the industry is changing. They think they're going to call and get an appointment like they always have, sure. right. you know, in a normal yeah. way. So I think it's important to, to keep those things in mind that having that learning curve with the clients that, you know, they think business hours are business hours, but you're with clients all day and you can't get back to them. That's right. going to hurt your business. So it's important to realize that you still need to invest back in your business. And some of the money spent by salon owners to run this business isn't a waste. It's just money that needs to be spent. Yeah, it's overhead. That's making the ship run smooth. Right. I mean, correct. I mean, yeah. and in our, in our shop, I actually hired my sister and this was one of the best ideas that I ever had. Uh, like I said, I have really good ideas, but <laughs> this one, um, what was happening is that I was having a hard time maintaining our email and our social media okay, sure. um, requests. We did have a front desk person. She wasn't super strong in like digital communication. Okay. She was yep. great on the phone, but like the digital part. Okay. So I ended up, my sister is a stay at home mom. So I hired her to literally run my email, run my Facebook, run any messages, Perfect. run any, she would do consultation, like not consultations, but she would ask yeah. all the questions and get them booked. But that, that was a game changer for me. Huh. And I think it would be easy for people that are running suites. You know, obviously they don't have room to hold like a receptionist sure. necessarily, but yeah. what if you hire somebody that's like a stay at home mom or somebody that works from home that can Just literally- just do that. Yeah. And, yeah, um, it was, point. we, we didn't pay her a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, it was very affordable, but it was an absolute game changer because clients were getting answered instantly. Totally. It wasn't taking anything away from my clients that were already in my chair paying me, Yep. you know, so it's important to stay innovative in this industry. And as the things are changing, make sure that you're looking at it from way up here instead of sure. right here, Just, because it's not always about you. You have to look at how your decisions are affecting your client base. Yeah. And if they're not getting answers to rebooks or, or pre-books or regular books, then you need to find help right. and, and get creative with that because it's really easy to do once you start thinking outside the box. Yeah. I love it. That's great. All right. For me, um, I, I would like to encourage people to live in the culture of yes.
you live in the culture of yes in your mind, you'll start to see more opportunities come your way. Um, the second thing being, um, let's see, live in the culture of yes. Um, education in our industry is not an option. It is a must. Mm. Um, everything changes, you know, month by month, week by week. You just never yep. know. So you have to stay on top of trends and stay on top of education yep. uh, so that you can have the best career ever. And I think lastly, um, it's not about who's right. It's about what's right. A lot of people, you know, in our, and, and you see it on Instagram and Snapchat and yep. all these other TikTok, you know, I'm the best this and I'm the best that I'm the coldest this and I'm the coldest that well you know that doesn't always equate into being a successful barber or stylist sure. so if you focus on what's right and not about who's right I think that you have a lot more longevity yeah. in this industry but also it's attractive right <laughs> so you'll you'll gain a lot more clients that way than just you know telling telling people who really don't even care you know about how great you are you know the proof yeah. is in the pudding as we, as we would say in the south so I am proud to have you on the podcast. I absolutely love the perspective that your business is taking. And I learned a lot from, from both of you today and know that our listeners will as well. All right. Last but not least, tell us where we can find you, where we can follow you. Instagram, give us your .com, all of those good things. Uh, so my Instagram is Lauren M. Mosier. Okay. Um, so two M's and an O-S-E-O-S. ER. Um, Facebook, I'm Lauren Samuels. We kind of, you know, (laughs) I'm kind of everybody, everything that on different, different sites. Sure. Um, And then our, our website is. Um, So our website is www.hairlabdetroitbarberschool.com. You can find us on Instagram at School. Um, my personal Instagram is at Roderick, R-O-D-R-I-C-K-S-A-M-U-E-L-S. And it's the same on Facebook as well. All right. We got it. We're going to follow you now and everyone can as well, if they're not already, of course. <laughs> well, thank you again to both of you um, and enjoy the rest of your day. All right. So Jeff, like you want to talk about partner, husband, wife, chemistry, dream team. Look at that. Cool. I love it. I love it. They have so much to give so much to offer. They have a wonderful perspective on how to approach their hair, hair school, um, and how they've approached the salon industry in the past. So, um, thank you again, uh, to Lauren and Roderick for joining us today. Such a good interview. Love that. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to Volume Up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Stephen Jobberman. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode and to Josh Landowski for editing so you can watch and listen on YouTube.